1: Welcome to the Rotowire DFS Podcast, sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create fantasy challenges for one-on-one matchups. Download it today at NoHalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we cover the week 10 ownership percentages and the Saturday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh FS. The RotoWire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, how's it going over there at the uh, DFS Players Conference, my man?
2: Not too bad. Not too bad. I um. Went and listened to uh, Drew Dinkmeyer this morning talk about bankroll management. Um, You know, guy in the industry that I respect a lot. He gave a a pretty good presentation. Mm -hmm. I uh, actually skipped out on the second set of, uh, you know, breakout sessions to come here and, you know, give you guys all of this amazing knowledge that I have, you know, come across in the last 24 hours. And then, uh, you know, going to go back down and catch up with the rest of the stuff later. So, pretty busy day here.
1: Awesome, awesome. So I'm glad you uh, were able to make time for one of the finest podcasts in the DFS industry, the Road of oh. DFS podcast. So Always, always. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So let's go ahead and, and get into it. We're start on the NFL side here, uh, like we always do uh, for the Saturday show. And uh, we got our Thursday FanDuel report we're taking a look at here. And so let's just go ahead and well, – Players of note that have uh, fairly good ownership percentages. We probably should just mention that off the bat here. Chris Ivory was 12.4% owned. Derek 11 point, uh, sorry, Decker 11.9. Brandon Marshall 10.1. Sammy Watkins 9.6. Then Carlos Williams, Tyler Taylor uh, 8.36 before. A little surprised that LeSean McCoy was only 4.5% owned, but given the Jets defense and the shoulder issue, I guess that's understandable. Mm -hmm. Then you have uh, Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, uh, depending on how you want to call. Dude, I I really feel like he looks more and more like St. Nick every week uh, that the beer gets longer. Am I wrong with that read there?
2: No, he is a jolly happy soul.
1: <laughs> okay. And uh, Charles Clay at 2.5%. So that's um, how the people who played those uh, Jets or Bills ended up breaking down their ownership percentages now let's go ahead and get to the uh what's happening here at quarterback tom brady up top here at 14.1 i guess the best piece of news here is there's no 20 percent owned guys this week and i sort of f- saw that myself as we were going through you know research and writing our articles doing our shows throughout the week that um mm-hmm. there's not a like a lock chalk play that that needs to be 20 something percent owned in terms of, of quarterback play do you, you agree with me here
2: yep 100 percent i mean you basically have you have brady at 12 you have cam at 11 uh andy dalton at 10 breeze at 10 bortles at nine rogers at nine you know Derek carr at eight and a half that's the the top six or seven the top seven uh you know guys all separated by less than you know basically three uh you know three basis points there
1: right and you know what um So sort of just taking a look at here, the the, uh, prediction for the Sunday GPP is basically what you can do is take any of these top options in the top 10 and figure a 1.5 to 2, 2, 2 2.5-ish percent uh, increase on their ownership percentage there. So that's Mm -hmm. just like a nice little safe way to do it. And
2: and the reason for that is you're basically making up for the quarterback usage that was used on Thursday night for people who – you know, don't understand how, how, how we get that number and how that works.
1: Right. So Tyrod Taylor or T-Mobile, as I like to call him,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you subtract them and those numbers got to go somewhere else in the Sunday GPPs and uh, that's how they get applied. All right. So uh, knowing what we know now, um, who do you like for cash and GPPs with these ownership percentages?
2: Well, I think that whoever the quarterbacks that you guys are on this week are, are safe to use in your GPP lineups because I don't think that anybody is so highly owned that you need to fade them. And... The only guy who really sticks out to me as somebody who I thought would be higher-owned than isn't is Eli Manning going up against uh, the New England Patriots. Not even because Eli kind of has the Patriots' number in his career, but he's only 2.5% owned. The Patriots have given up some big numbers to fantasy quarterbacks, mostly because, you know, they put up a lot of points on the board. And if you want to keep up with them, you usually have to throw the ball and try to put up a lot of points, too. They don't have a very strong. Um, past defense so Eli's really the only guy that sticks out to me so basically let's talk about cash game rosters for this week a uh, couple guys who I think are interesting I still really really like Drew Brees I mean when you have a guy who put up 40 and 30 something DraftKings points in the last two weeks I think he's somebody that you have to look at and, and consider in this game uh, I also really like Blake Bortles I think Bortles is the guy who you get in the discount on this week he's the cheap option and he is going up against that Baltimore team that has given up second most points to fantasy quarterbacks this year. They've also given up the second most points to fantasy wide receivers. And the way that you really want to attack that Baltimore team or that teams have been doing it all year has been through the air. Because their run defense is so good that you know they're usually able to stifle teams' run games. And it is so easy to pass on them that it is the path of least resistance. So that's why you've seen some big numbers put up against them. So for my cash games, I pretty much have a little bit of breeze in some of them right now and a, a, a whole lot of Bortles, to be honest.
1: All right. I'm, I'm with you there. I've got Bortles as one of my lock talk plays. I don't want to figure out about Derek Carr. I think um, he's uh, pro football focus has him ranked in the top five uh, among quarterback ratings uh, for 2015 i think he deserves it and uh you know 10 percent is still very reasonable in terms of uh you know using him for for, for So it's not gonna be my cash play obviously although it wouldn't i wouldn't hate it if you did it i just feel like you know you can go super safe here and brady newton dalton are one one two three for me i really do love uh andy dalton in this spot and the, the other thing too i th- think that um is my most interesting play in terms of GPPs here is the fact that Carson Palmer is not getting the level of respect that he should, uh, overall right now. I know that Seattle and their defense has steadily improved throughout the season. They were bad, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to start off here. But if you take a look at Carson Palmer and the matchup uh, that he that he has available to him, it's actually a pretty good one overall. I believe Larry Fitzgerald has the number one overall matchup advantage uh, in his cornerback matchup. Some people were talking to me on Twitter. I was talking to some Seattle fans were talking about how, you know, you know, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman was like Fitz plays the slot. okay? yeah. Um, And Richard Sherman has covered the slot, I think, almost zero percent of the Mm -hmm. time. And he doesn't shadow for the most part. Um, with it with, with some few exceptions but if you're going to see him shadow it's not going to be shadowing the slot receiver the other issue mm-hmm. that you have is um Michael Floyd and John Brown are also legitimate threats too so it's not like you should um you know focus all your efforts on there if it's and then you will have offensive success shutting down the the the, mm-hmm. the passing game there so I do like Carlson Palmer as a GPP play I think he's getting disrespected take a look at the roto wire rankings and the um uh, Pro Football Focus optimizer both have them have Carson Palmer outside the top ten, and I'm 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 actually very uh, encouraged by the price tag at 6,900. It's going to allow you to open up some stuff for you in your GPPs if you jump down there. So I will have a fits uh, to Palmer stack going on here in in week ten. Just wanted to put that out there. No,
2: and I I actually agree 100% with you. You know everybody who's talking about Richard Sherman. A Richard Sherman is not as good as Richard Sherman has been in years past, mm-hmm. and B like you said, he's a guy who stays on the outside. Fitz lines up over sixty percent of the time, according to you know PFF in the uh, in the slot. Mm-hmm. So really, he's not he's not going to see. And even if he is on the outside, you know, I mean, John Brown is the bigger big play threat. You know, Fitz is more of the possession kind of guy. I don't think you're going to see Sherman matched up as often with Fitz. I think you're going to wind up seeing. You know him either on the other side with John Brown or you know basically just playing his side of the field which is what they do most of the time and whoever lines up over there lines up over there.
1: Yeah and um, the other great thing that you get when you match up with Fitz and we're going to talk about him as wide receiver play as well is he has he's the only wide receiver uh, ranked in the top 20 uh, in this week or for the season that has one drop one drop on the season everybody yeah, had, he does
2: have great hands yeah, yeah.
1: i might we're talking i think we're talking about chris carter and larry fitzgerald for like two of the best guys who have you know the best hands of like all time in nfl history and he's sort of producing at that level once again 2015 so if you haven't considered larry fitzgerald elite yet you need to start talking about him as that. And the great thing about him, I know we're not talking about wide receivers yet, but I'm just going to mention it. 7,400 is a nice discount off of D. Hop, Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, Julian Elman who are all above um, the 8K range. So mm. uh, there you have that. Any other quarterbacks that we need to mention here? I don't mind Eli as a as a shootout stack against New England. I know New England is a is a is a decent defense, um, but you know, we know that uh, I believe Eli Manning is what four or uh, three and one in his career. Against uh, New England and
2: yeah, including a couple of those rings that he's got.
1: <laughs> yeah, he kissed he's kissed the ring a couple times, yes. or Tom Brady has. Uh, so, um, Aaron Rodgers too uh, priced outside the, the um, top five. I think this maybe is a little bit more. Um, price respect than it is the fact that people actually want to play Blake Bortles over Aaron Rodgers because Detroit you can definitely expose in their secondary I believe they're oh yeah 29th uh, in defensive grade in their in their secondary if I'm and, and pass coverage do I have that right I have that uh 30th 20. 32, 31, yep, 29th overall. So something you could definitely exploit. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is a four-touchdown game. So if you feel like Aaron Rodgers makes more sense for you for your cash game option than Tom Brady, I'm with that. Um, I feel like at, if, if this is the predicted ownership percentages at 10 and a half percent, I would love to have shares of Aaron Rodgers as my GPP play as well. So, um,
2: yeah, I could, I could get on board with both of those actually. Okay. Um, like I said, uh, you know, whoever your favorite quarterback for the week is, uh-huh. I don't think the ownership percentages this week at the quarterback position are going to push me off anybody.
1: Right. So that, but here's, here's my deciding factor here. You take Tom Brady at 8,600 or Aaron Rodgers at 75.
2: I mean, obviously, if you're trying to put together a, a roster that could win, you think both of those guys are going to be even close? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a pretty simple, right. you know, you decision take, for Rogers for me.
1: You take, the, yeah, you take the discount for sure, $1,100 discount. I'm taking that discount all day long. So I think I just finally made my final decision, final answer. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, cash and GPP play for. So all, all my cash options are probably going to be mostly locked into Aaron Rodgers um, because it's going to open up so much extra salary. All right, let's move along to the uh, running back position here, Benny. We've got D'Angelo up top. This is a um, pretty hefty... ownership percentage with him and with good reason we know cleveland has been i've mentioned this over and over and if you ever read a pff article for me from anywhere from week one to week 10 you have probably targeted a running back who is playing the cleveland browns in that spot and you did well for yourself so Mm -hmm. um but but at this ownership percentage we we projected at 34.3 percent for sunday Mm -hmm. i'm guessing that we just have to consider him um cash game only are you with me on that
2: yeah, I mean, you're basically at a percentage this high, there's there's usually two ways that I want to play it. I'm either going to use the guy 100% on every one of my rosters if I agree that he's that great of a play,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or I'm just going to fade him completely in tournaments and maybe have some exposure in cash. The one thing I want to caution people, though, is he sat out practice on Wednesday, and the reason he sat out is a foot injury. Now, with a running back, a foot injury is a big deal. So just kind of keep an eye on exactly what's happening. I'm not saying fade him. I'm not saying, you know, he, he's a horrible play for cash too. I'm just saying make sure you make sure you keep an eye on it because if he does, you know, if he is going to be limited or, God forbid, if he's out, you know, you, you don't want to be uh, – that's why i was surprised to see him so highly owned that Thursday, you know, with a little bit of uncertainty surrounding him. I know they're expecting him to play, but, you know, I try – when I play Thursday games, I try to – not take any chances and to me he's a little risky all right
1: and you know and and just in that same vein too the the way that i i, I kind of like look and approach it is that um on DraftKings, you're okay a-okay playing him in all your cash games because you have oh, lights so yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean so that's not too mm-hmm. much of an issue and that's sort of probably reflected in 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 some of that price um but on on Fanduel, you don't have a choice, and this is what those some of the no, uh, the numbers that we're working with here. So people are definitely gambling a little bit, but it does seem minor enough that people, you know, I think at least people who feel fairly confident or love what he did in, in that first spot are going to just be like, yeah, I don't want to. Miss out on another home run performance from this guy, so I'm just going to put him in there because I feel like you know people know that the matchup is just too juicy against Cleveland. So uh, there you have that. Now we're talking about uh, Todd Gurley at 21%, Lagarre Blunt at 17.7. That's fairly strong for a guy who isn't a big time factor in the passing game. It probably doesn't figure to be here as well. Are you on board with Le- Garrett Blunt for um, the ownership percentage he has for like almost approaching 20% here for Week 10?
2: Yeah, I mean, I actually have him on, on my short list of guys I wanted to look at this week, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting him to be anywhere near this highly owned. Yeah. So that definitely factors into the decision. I think he's going to be a little more involved in the passing game than most people are giving him credit for. It's not like he never catches passes. It's just that he's not the best guy that they had on the roster to do that. Um, I do still think he'll get some rushing yards in this game. I think there's a good chance he can get a you know a, a goal line red zone touchdown or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. At this percentage, I think he's a little bit highly owned, and I don't expect him to catch, like, eight or ten passes. Like, he's not going to be the guy who gets all of the work that has been left over by Deion Lewis. And remember, this New England team, for the most part, they still like to pass a lot more than they like to run. So, you know, I don't think it's a situation like it was with D'Angelo Williams where he's walking into 20, 25 catches, you know, 20 of them being carries and, you know really has humongous upside but i do think he's a decent option and a decent play to look at
1: all right fair enough i'm with you on uh the the play there i just don't know how much um like cash exposure i I would necessarily have overall Uh, but the other issue too is i really like to have my running backs like d'angelo like todd Gurley, like starks uh lamar miller for, for an example and even um uh, like Justin Forsett have like pass Demarco Murray have passing game upside. And you just don't mm-hmm. have that a ton with Legarrette Blount. So no, but you are getting the benefit of the cost savings. Is,
2: is yeah, was well, uh, especially for a cash game. For a cash game, the reason why you want your guy to also be somebody who can catch passes is because it makes them safe. Even if you expect them to have a lead and think the guy's gonna get 25 carries, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. Uh-huh. And if you have a guy who's also the the passing down back, even if the team gets down, you know he's still gonna see some work. He's still gonna see some, you know, some of those catches. So he's still gonna be able to score fantasy points. So for a cash game, you know, it's basically the same argument I always make about Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory's a great play for the Jets when you think they're gonna have a lead and he's gonna get twenty-five carries. But if there's a chance the Jets are gonna be down, you know, when Balau Powell was still not hurt and stuff like that. There are other guys that are the third down, you know, back basically for the Jets, and you wind up getting a 12 or 14 carry game out of Ivory and no catches, and that just kills you, so.
1: Yeah, so the, that's the issue that I have here, is we're, what we're seeing in this high percentage is just reflective of him being like 4,900 on DraftKings, for example, and, um, so, you know, take a look at Fandle, which is actually with this ownership 6,900, which is, you know, uh, a, f- a full two K plus for off of Todd Gurley, who's your top option. So you're getting a great cost savings there as well. And, um, you know, I feel like he'll get a, a good amount of volume, but I don't know if I really want to be as exposed as, you know, his ownership says we should be exposed to him this week. I, mm-hmm. I want shares, but I don't want to be all in. I'm fine with him. And, you know, um, as a cash game play, because he's so cheap on DraftKings, uh, especially if he opens up other things that you like and creates, you know, a more, a more optimal lineup uh but i i would also be like you know what if you wanted to go a little bit safer with a with a like a James Stark who you know can get you know who's going to get carries and, and be a passing game factor i'd probably prefer to go that route and he's just uh you know slightly um less owned i guess than like Garrett at 16.7 projected to to blunt 17.7 uh, who else uh, makes some for an interesting play f- for you here at the running back on this list
2: yeah, I mean, I'm still a guy who loves Darren McFadden. He's seeing yeah. 20, 25 touches a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like people just kind of sleep on that, you know, especially if you can get him cheap. Like on DraftKings, he's only 4900 right. You know, 4900 for a guy who's basically had 25 touches each of the last three weeks and is a huge part of that offense to me is is somebody that just kind of stands out. Um, Justin Forsett at only 7.7%. Baltimore is... Uh, Favored in that game against Jacksonville. We know that they just lost their biggest pass catcher in Steve Smith. So he's somebody else that I think they're going to be leaning on. And the other reason I like him, you know, the targets that open up for Smith, they're not all going to go to Kamar Aiken. They're going to be distributed amongst the pass catchers. And honestly, he's one of the better pass catchers that they have. So maybe you see half those targets go to Aiken. Uh, Maybe you see a couple of them go to Crockett Gilmore. I think you see a couple of them go Justin Forsett's way as well. So You're getting a guy who should have a lot of carries, has a pretty decent matchup, and is also going to be getting a little bit more work in the pass game. So you got a lot of things heading in his favor. And Then the last guy I want to mention is Doug Martin, who is another guy who has been seeing a ton of touches lately. I feel like people are kind of sleeping on him this week. Um, You know, that defense that he's going up against doesn't really scare me. He's only 6.5%. And, again, you got no V-Jacks for Tampa Bay. You know, they're, they're basically without a couple weapons. And when you get in a situation when you're, you know, without a couple weapons, people tend to look for, well, who's the guy who's going to be getting subbed in? But whatever wide receiver they put in, you know, whether it's a guy like, you know, what's his name, Die or something like that, I don't expect Die to pick up those 8 or 10 extra targets. I expect them to keep it on the ground a little more with Martin. And, you know, as we'll talk about in wide receivers, maybe – give a couple extra uh, targets to, to Mike Evans like you saw last week. So I wouldn't even mind a little bit of Doug Martin in my life, to be honest.
1: All right, fair enough. Uh, we know that uh, Dallas has been able to uh, – has given up some rushing yards throughout there. They were be- much better last year than they were uh, this year against the run. Uh, for, for my money there, I just have to have a, a good amount of shares of, of James Starks given this the start and i love the fact that you he doesn't need to get it done on one side or the other but he is getting it done like in a cumulative fashion last week just 10 rushes for 39 yards but comes up with eight targets six receptions 83 reception yards and a score that's better volume than james jones um in the passing game for uh the green Bay Packers there. So I'm definitely in on James Starks. He's a guy that I wrote up. And, uh, another guy that you mentioned to Derek McFadden, I wrote him up also in my pro football focus article. So I don't want to give away every single play that I, that I wrote, which that article should come out uh, either late today or m- normally on Saturday mornings. Uh, and you, you can check out s- some of the cheap pun options at, uh, running back and wide receiver. But th- for the, for that same reason too, I just quickly mentioned this Darren McFadden, uh, the, the running back stats for week nine were 27 carries um two targets one reception for five yards all other uh dallas cowboys running backs zero carries zero targets so um christine michael is basically you know relegated to you know towel waving on the sideline right now and uh you know maybe uh, hope uh, catching some passes while uh matt castle warms up on the sideline or something else like that but he's not playing football and that's one of the major reasons you just love that amount of volume that Darren McFadden is likely to get. Um, how far down are you willing to slide on some of these home run options here? Uh, we, we'll just give you a quick like yay or nay. Okay. Okay. Uh, Antonio Andrews.
2: Interesting. I mean, I'm not over the moon about it, but he's somebody that I, I, I could get on board with.
1: All right. He's the lead back, but hasn't been a big time passing factor. Just uh, projected to be one and a half percent on Ronnie Hillman.
2: I mean, I don't. I got to see a little bit more about that injury situation. I don't think I would use Hillman if he's in because that means that they're both in. The only guy I would use would be C.J. Anderson if Hillman is out.
1: All right. Um, Jeremy Langford.
2: The matchup is just so tough. It's bad. Um, I, yeah, I was on him last week, and I like him. And I think that he's somebody that will have some decent games if Forte stays out. But I just don't I don't wanna mess with the matchup he has this week.
1: All right. And and that's the last one I'll leave you with. Just some breaking news here. ESPN's reporting that FanDuel and Jeff Kings have both filed lawsuits against the uh, attorney general in New York to prevent them from blocking uh, DFS in New York. So yep. there you have I Actually, that. As, I actually saw as expected
2: as expected. Yes. Yeah, I saw that before I came on. They uh, you know, put their answers to his uh, you know, cease and desist order in today, so yep you know what, it's nothing that any of us can do anything about. It's going to be a long fight. It's going to require a lot of money to be mm-hmm. paid to a lot of lawyers. That's not going to be going to us in the pools, so it's going to I'm be, not happy about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be like Gate. You know, like, dra- drag it out yep. for, you know, and then like next season we'll know something, maybe.
2: What, what so. I'm hoping and what has happened in a lot of these other states where we've had some of these, you know, shock and awe kind of announcements is after people – you know, and by people, I pretty much mean like lawmakers and and guys. You know, on that front, after they kind of get all the facts, it fe- it seems like a lot of the times the cooler heads are prevailing, right. and they're going a little more towards the regulation side of it than the outright banning side right. of it, and the you know inflammatory rhetoric that we've heard from the New York AG. So, what we hopefully need, they, you know, hopefully that's the way it it, it works itself out.
1: I, I agree with you, and what we need, I think, is like the best solution possible. Is for like, um, like Mayor Bloomberg or something to like hit a GPP, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> it's just like have him take down like, uh, like the third, like the Thursday, you know, like um, three dollar million dollar contest on DraftKings and be like, see, you know, um, this is for everybody. It's, it's it's for the rich, it's for the poor, it's for the politicians, it's for the everyman, mm-hmm. you know. And I did my homework. I listened to the roadwire DFS podcast. They have skills. And that's how I was then. I uh, was able to win. And then, you know, it works out good for everybody. So, so. there you have it. All right. Wide receivers now. Allen Robinson. Are you surprised by Allen Robinson topping this list here at almost 30% owned?
2: Yeah. A little
1: cray. A little cray. I love Allen Robinson. I mean,
2: honestly, he's one of my favorite wide receivers this week. The the little moan and groan that I said there is because... because
1: He's no longer GPP eligible for you. Yeah,
2: at at this ownership rate, I mean... I I, I kinda you kinda almost have to fade him at this ownership rate. He's got a great matchup. We talked about it before with Bortles.
1: Throw him in the cash.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. He's definitely a cash game play. He's a guy I'm gonna be using in cash, but I think you got to kind of go away from a guy who's going to be 30% owned in GPPs.
1: Yep. Crabtree at 227 right below him. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, but, you know, he's been, been performing well and has a plus matchup. Randall Cobb is my top play. He was actually my number one cash game play. And uh, at 18.2%, where do you draw the line? This is the question, Benny. Is is 18.2% too much for you to still, you know, uh, yeah. make a GPP case? Or mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you draw your line in the sand?
2: I mean, I don't want to give anybody a... Hard and fast rule. Yeah, Yeah, because basically it all depends on how much you like a guy. Like, you know, I'm saying like even at 28%, I'm saying as much as I like Allen Robinson, I got to kind of start looking in other directions. But there are some other people who might be sitting there saying, you know what? I think Benny's crazy. Allen Robinson is an absolute mortal lock this week for three to four times value or more based on his price. You know, for me, I think that that's not too high of a percent. And you know what? There are times where I've done that, too. I mean, there were times when DeAndre Hopkins was 30 percent and I told you guys, hey, you know what? I know he's 30 percent on, but you can't really fade the guy. Right. You know, there were times when Gurley was 30 percent and we talked about it and you said, you know, you're going to be fading him. And I'm like, honestly, I don't think I can. Like, you know, I think mm-hmm. to me, he's just a, a lock in the roster. So it all depends on the player. It depends on the matchup. Um, you know how high that ownership percentage is, where that line is. Okay. I will say when the guys get above thirty percent, that's or around thirty percent. So maybe twenty-five to thirty somewhere in that range uh-huh. is when I is when I really have to start asking the question. Guys in like the fifteen to twenty-five percent, if I don't like them, it makes it easy for me to fade them. If I do like them, a lot of times I'll probably still use them. And then anything below like. 15% to me isn't a reason to fade a guy because of ownership.
1: Okay, fair enough. I, I'm glad that you finally decided to get off the
2: fence at the very end. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, but again, like I said, it's not a, it's yeah, not like, oh, yeah, he's 15.1%. You have to fade him. Benny right. said you have to fade You know, it's like you, you got to use common sense when you're building these lineups right. here too, guys. You know, like if it's still a guy that you love, he, he's still a play. Right. But, you know, like I said, as much as I love a guy like Allen Robinson this week at 30% you know, roughly is what what they're expecting him to be in tournaments. i I could fade him and not feel too bad about it.
1: I think the difference is is you're not ready to marry Alan Robinson right now. You're ready to like uh, date him. You, oh guys, yeah. you know you guys have been seeing each other for a while, and yeah. you're like, you know, hey, you know I want to go steady with you, but yeah, you're Netflix, not ready to Netflix
2: and chill. I'll take him out. you know that that stuff's all, right. all fine, but you're yeah, not ready to put a ring on
1: it is that what one. you're saying if you're gonna put yes. a ring on it then 100 percent exposure all across the board um boom 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 you know send me yes. a wedding invitation
2: there's but uh he's been around the block a few times with a few too many other people this weekend for <laughs> me to uh you know put a ring <laughs> well, on it.
1: right, right. Now. so now, now you're now, you at this like this ownership percentage you you start be, you're beginning to question you are like i thought alan robinson i thought we were exclusive you know what I mean, but then you find out he's been dating twenty eight point six percent of the other DFS players in this yes. tournament, and then you sort of be like, "Wow, well, okay, so you're, you know, you're just, you know, tossing tossing your receptions around all over the place, you know." Mm-hmm. And then you sort of feel like he's a little dirty. Yeah. So, you know, Alan Robinson, you're a little dirty for for our GPPs this week. That's basically what what Betty's trying to tell you. Yep. All right. um, So Randall Cobb for me, lock, stock, cash play, borderline GPP, but I think it's just too good for me to not roster because I want to complete my Aaron Rodgers stack, and this has to be the guy in my mind. Mm -hmm. Top 10 uh, wide receiver cornerback matchup this week as well. Uh, Julian Edelman, 16.9%. Your thoughts?
2: I don't really like him as much on FanDuel. I never really like him as much on FanDuel. On DraftKings, I think it's okay because of the PPR. Um, Not really... Not really afraid of the Giants secondary. I do think that the Patriots are going to try to put some points up on him. I think he's okay.
1: Are you game-flowing or game-scripting Odell Beckham Jr. out of your lineups in the Bill Belichick manner that he normally does?
2: I actually think that the guys up at the top this week, I pretty much hate them all um don't like antonio brown if landry jones is the one throwing the passes okay, true
1: but you know ben roethlisberg has rumored to try to get into this lineup today
2: well that's or, why i said if 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 weekend. landry jones is the one throwing a pass right if it's yes. ben all bets are off you know that the two of them are you know basically a, a, an every week play right on um, the salary yeah pretty much um beckham i do think like you said is going to get the uh Belichick treatment where, you know, if you're going to take away that, you know, the favorite toy for the Giants, Beckham is obviously Eli's favorite toy. Mm -hmm. And even DeAndre Hopkins has a little bit of a tough matchup this week. He would be the one of those three guys, unless obviously Ben plays, then Antonio is the number one guy. But to me, Hopkins would be the number one of those three. But even Hopkins, I don't really love. I have actually been looking more towards You know, the mid-range price-wise with the lineups that I've been building. You know, I do like A.J. Green. I actually don't like Crabtree as much as everybody else does. I think that the best matchup against Minnesota is Xavier Rhodes, which was supposed to be Cooper's matchup. I don't know exactly what's up. I know he left practice early on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, he was out there at the beginning and, like, physically had to walk off the field, which is Mm -hmm. never a good sign. And even as of now, I still can't find too much information about they say he's gonna play, but I, you know, I just don't see all the information, so I don't really know. I prefer Cooper to Crabtree if they're both okay. So I'm not a big fan of Crabtree, but um, I do like some of the guys in the middle. Like uh, a guy we didn't talk about yet is uh, Stefan Diggs at six point six percent. I mean, I'm sorry, at sixty six hundred on, uh, you know, on um, FanDuel at uh, at eleven percent. I really like him this week. I think he has a good matchup. You know, some people basically call him antonio brown light which i think he's got a long way to go to get there still but i could kind of see a little bit of antonio brown in his game and remember what antonio brown did to this team last week you know what was it 13 catches 100 and 200 and i don't know 80 something yards um which is not hyperbole that's legitimately what he did to them last week so <laughs> yeah. you know that's i mean if, if that's what brown could do to him you know i think digs I don't expect Diggs to go for 280, but I I could see him going six, eight catches for 100 plus, which would be fine out of him at his discounted price. Um, Even coming a little bit lower, here's a guy that I love this week, and I don't know why other people don't love him as much as I do. Mike Evans is only 5.7% owned. I know he had those two big drops last week, and everybody's like, F Mike Evans, but he still had eight catches for like 150 yards. Yeah, So... 18 targets or 17 targets, something sick like that. I mean, all right, he had a drop or two. I understand that. But 17, 18 targets at 5% ownership, I mean, to me, that's a guy that you you lock up in your GPPs at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, I like it. I I think that you can make a a strong case uh, for going that route. Now, the the last question I'm going to ask you here is um, your thoughts on what fantasy owners should expect from Brandon LaFell going forward here 6.1 7.7 percent owned so i uh, to me i just don't think i could ever really trust him consistently in cash games but this could be a juicy matchup in gpps and when you see f- you see people flowing towards the julian elements and the gronks and their gpps and their stacks the could be a, a little bit of a sneaky guy here the ownership percentage is obviously up but he's also fairly
2: affordable so w- what do you say i mean i just i just don't like him <laughs> to be honest with you. I, and and it's you know, it's nothing personal. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy and all I mean, but he, yeah, he didn't know
1: that was your wife. That's yeah, you know, you know, know. It's, it's just like, it's, he apologized, you could move on, you
2: know. You know, it's I mean, here's basically the way I look at it is you know, how excited are you to roster Brandon Lafell? What what is Brandon Lafell's upside? Like I think his upside is basically what he did last week. Maybe he catches like six balls for a hundred yards and a touchdown. Maybe. And that's, like, his absolute ceiling to me. Like, I don't see him getting multiple touchdowns. I don't see him having 10 or 12 catches for 170 yards or anything crazy like that. So, to me, his upside is a okay play.
1: Okay, fair enough.
2: Whereas whereas his downside could be he makes, like, three catches for 40 yards.
1: All right. Okay, I just wanted to get your take. I, I'm okay with that. I will I will take a few shares because he's cheap enough for me to be interested. GPP yeah, only I, for me,
2: though. Like, here, here's the thing. Brandon LaFell, 6.2%. Mike Evans, 5.7.
1: Mike Evans is definitely a, a better pl- a better play. I would agree. You know, with you like,
2: there. I would rather figure out a way to get the money to get Mike Evans in my lineup than use a guy like Brandon LaFell.
1: Borrow from your uncle. If, whatever you need to do okay, to right. get him in your lineup. Uh, Tyler Eifert tops the, the tight end list here for th- Thursday GPP ownership percentages. Projected at 25.7. That's crazy, but also not crazy when you saw what he did to Cleveland last week. Are people
2: overreacting here or should we um incredibly overreacting okay i mean here's the thing with tyler eifert he's very good in the red zone he's a good target that can catch touchdown passes but the guy for most of the season has seen like five targets a game now granted last week he saw like six or seven and he turned three of them into touchdowns but what that also tells me is between the 20s they only threw the ball to him like three or four times So if that's all they're going to throw the ball to this guy, again, you're basically banking on somebody catching multiple touchdown passes in order to pay off a high salary. And while he has done that twice already this year, this is going to be their ninth game. So in less than 25% of the games, he's been able to catch two touchdown passes. And you're basically banking on him doing that because that's pretty much what he needs to do to make value because he's not usually a 10 catch kind of guy. He's not usually a guy that gets you 100 plus yards. And I don't really think this game sets up as a game where they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So to me, 25 percent, he's a very easy fade and I'm not using him in cash games either.
1: Okay, fair enough. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with anybody who wants to take their shares of, of their ownership in Tyler Eifert. I just think there's uh, like, you know, the Jordan Reeds, the Greg Olsons, um, and the Gary Barnages, or an even um, – is it Minnesota that the Raiders are playing this week? Yes. Uh, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, all the Kyle Rudolph that I can find in my GPPs. We know that there's just been, you know, a strong, strong track record of um, – you know tight ends blowing up the raiders and i'm i want to look at this box score as we're talking about it right now um it was heath miller and pittsburgh last weekend i believe heath miller had a, a fairly decent game if i'm correct do you remember the, this this uh, stat line from last week at all before i uh, up?
2: i think he did okay i think he had like th- like four catches for like 40 yards or something he was only 3k on on uh DraftKings. kings i don't think he had a huge game but i don't think he really hurt you either
1: no that that number sounds like he you know paid off the tag but you didn't get a lot of upside
2: yeah there was there really it, it, you know what for the three thousand dollar price tag it was fine okay so three for 32 yeah. that or was $2, like a $2,700 price tag i should say it was fine uh
1: three for 32 so definitely not exciting but then when you have antonio brown go for 17 and 284 he just basically ball hogged the whole the entire offense mm-hmm. oh, but having said that though kyle rudolph to me um just because of of the track record I'm going to he's going to make a gpp somewhere for me definitely not going to be a, a cash game play and then my personal take on Gary Barnage just for those of you know if he's Josh if Josh McCown is in Gary Barnage is your guy you can absolutely use him he specifically targets him that's his um number one safety valve and reds and his uh, uh red zone favorite if it's Johnny Menzel I'm probably just going to go in a different direction altogether because they just don't have the same sort of game flow or rapport with each other so uh there's that anybody else you want to make a case for at the tight end position
2: well i mean we didn't talk about gronk yet did we
1: we did not talk about gronk but okay, i think I mean, we sort of need to do just the obligatory if you want to spend up and you know he's always he's never not an option if you don't want yeah, it to be
2: but so. i actually really like him this week because the giants are actually statistically as bad if not worse after last week than the oakland raiders are against the tight end position so this week especially is a week where i think you can go gronking if you want to um i do love jordan reed who you mentioned before basically just you know the thing i like about jordan reed is most of these tight ends are touchdown dependent and what i mean by that is they all see like three catches for 30 40 yards and whether or not they pay off their value has a lot to do with whether or not they get themselves into the end zone jordan reed on the other hand is not handcuffed by that problem Because he's seeing, you know, basically including Gronk and Greg Olson, he's actually seeing the second most targets per week at the position um, with a little bit above nine targets per week. So he just sees a ton of volume. And I do think that this is going to be a game where Kirk Cousins has to pass it a lot. I don't love Cousins as much as other people do this week. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. But I do think he throws a lot of passes at Jordan Reed. So I think Jordan Reed would be the way that I tried to get a little bit of exposure to... uh, you know the potential kirk cousins upside that everybody keeps talking about this week
1: all right you guys are gambling on a different level <laughs> when, you, when you talk about kirk cousins i, 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 I know, agree yes i know the matchup is elite but i would just much rather go with blake bortles uh you know there's just to me there's a let me just take a look at this list i know we've already we've already discussed this here but um chips a hoyer for against
2: Cincinnati. oh yeah i would much rather have hoyer than uh than cousins
1: yeah so i mean there's a there's a multitude of of different options that i would probably go before i get to the the kirk cousins i don't think he's bad and you know he's got his full weaponry back with sean jackson and jordan reed back in the lineup but you know the running back situation is still terrible so i know it's it's just a a one-trick pony and pierre garçon has hands of stone you know a la like 2011 when he's his last season with peyton manning or whatever so just not terribly excited about that matchup all right so we've covered tight end here let's go ahead and put a bow on the the nfl for week 10 in terms of ownership percentages with the defense here benny i'll just break down for you 17.6 percent ownership exposure to uh the thursday games for the panthers 16.7 for the um, broncos and then you have the rams uh Bengals and packers all at 7.2 percent um your thoughts on that group and anybody that you can make a case outside of that
2: Yeah, I mean, those five right there are the five that I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. The other one that I would add in there that I think you can make a case for is the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Um, The Seahawks have actually been giving up a lot of points to opposing fantasy defenses, not so much because of turnovers, but mostly because they're not scoring a lot of points Mm -hmm. and their offensive line is putrid. If uh, they did not have a mobile quarterback, they would probably be giving up double-digit sacks per game. The fact that they have a mobile quarterback and are still giving up about four or five sacks per game Uh, pretty much speaks volumes about how bad that offensive line has been
1: okay so and you you feel comfortable with that order too? panthers one for you against tennessee broncos too i actually have it flipped for me yeah i
2: think I, i think i have broncos um broncos is my number one this week and i do like the panthers a lot but i might even put I mean, basically, I think that the top five that you said, Panthers, Broncos, Rams, Bengals, Packers, mm-hmm. those are the five defenses that you guys should be considering. Broncos, to me, are number one. The other four, I can make a case for all of them. So.
1: All right, and if you're just taking a look at, like, you know, bargain value, um, for whatever reason, uh, St. Louis is actually the top-priced defense on uh, FanDuel at 5400 And then taking a look mm-hmm. at the defensive prices here on, on DraftKings, um, you're getting the best uh, overall value against Philly, who has a top projection, believe it or not, on, on Pro Football Focus uh, at 2,700. Uh, so something else to, to, to pay attention to there. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Thursday GPP ownership percentages for Week 10. Now let's go ahead and slide over to the NBA side for the Saturday slate here, Benny. We have one, two, three, four, seven games on tap, so 14 teams here. Let's go ahead and kick it off at the point guard position. Who is going to be bringing up the ball for you on
2: Saturday? Um... You know what? Hold on one second here because I'm actually looking at the wrong date right now. Um, but Okay. Yeah, let me give me one second. I was looking at the wrong set of games, so I was about to tell you guys all the stuff that you needed to know for Friday, and that wouldn't really help you. So <laughs> give me one second here to pull this up. I'm assuming OKC plays again on Saturday or no? Uh, no, they're out. They're, right. they're out. Um, okay, hold on here. I got, I, got, I got it up right now. So let me take a look at uh, some of the guys that we got here on the list at Point Guard. Um, well, obviously, I mean, I think Steph Curry against Brooklyn. Hold on. Hold on.
1: Hold on on a second, Benny.
2: Good.
1: All right. Let's just give it, give me like a five second pause. Okay. Okay. Okay, And then I'll know exactly where to, to splice this out. And then just pretend like I just asked you the question and then, and then it'll like, it's like it never happened.
2: All right. Give me, give me one second here. Let me just call this back up. Okay. Um, all right. I'm all set. So, Whenever you're ready, ask me about point guards, and then we'll go through it.
1: All right, I'll just give you the three, two, one. All right, three, two, one.
2: Yeah, so a couple guys that I'm looking at here. Um, obviously, Steph Curry is going to be on the top of the list for me. Uh, they're going up against Brooklyn. Brooklyn's absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Steph Curry has been absolutely amazing, so he's definitely somebody on my list. I actually like a couple guys up at the top end today. Um, Orlando hasn't been able to guard a point guard in years, so John Wall going up against them. Somebody that can contribute across the board. I really like that situation. Um, let's see, where would I go from there? Those would be the two guys that I'd probably pay up towards the top end for. Um, I do like Alfred Payton on the other side of that game, too. Basically, whenever Oladipo has been out, Payton's uh, fantasy points per minute click up above one. He's, he also gets more minutes in that situation, too. So if you're going to have a guy playing 35 to 40 minutes at uh you know a fantasy point per minute or better. He's gonna put up a pretty big score at a at a pretty reasonable price. So I think that Peyton's somebody else that I'm gonna be looking at. Um, those are pretty much the three guys at the top end that I would be looking to spend up on. Uh there's gonna be a couple value guys or value options. You know, we've had um you know guys like Isaiah Kanan who's you know playing a, a few more minutes. Uh he's somebody who I think is somewhat interesting that I've been looking at as well. Um That's about it unless I get some other, you know, guys being out information. Like Chris Paul is probably still questionable. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, probably somebody who's banged up too. You know, Bayless is always an option for me. I hate using Austin Rivers, so I probably wouldn't put him in there. Um, but that's kind of the way I see the point guard spot working out for me this this uh, weekend. And
1: uh, don't forget about Reggie Jackson too. If he is going to face the Clippers, and it's not going to be Chris Paul, we just saw what Brandon Knight and um, uh, uh, Eric Bledsoe did in the backcourt there. They just had like a uh, like a fifty point party combined, mm-hmm. you know, b- mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, so it doesn't really matter who you believe is the is the. Uh, you know, the actual guy defending that spot, it it should be a a very good situation here for Reggie Jackson. And you're going to get a little bit of a discount, obviously, off of Wall. And, um... Uh, Steph Curry there, seventy three hundred on DraftKings against Sacramento there as well. Didn't have the greatest game uh, overall, but before that he had been sitting in the you know five five and a half x ter- territory for th- for like four out of the last six. So um, somebody else to definitely uh, pay attention to there. I'm still okay, obviously j- jumping down to to Mel Williams too if if Jared Bayless or Tyler Ennis is going to be the one guarding him and not Michael Carter Williams. They're still very affordable on DK at at uh, six thousand dollars, and then. Um, I think I'm going to draw the line at Bayless here. I don't think you can really go too far below that and actually be interested in somebody that is in, a, in full on punt, uh, punt play. Uh, are you with me on that?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with you there. Okay,
1: so we're drawing the line at Bayless, provided he starts. And if he doesn't start, still may be GPP eligible, but it's definitely becomes more sketchy if Carwinds gets back into the lineup. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure on the timetable, but really, just that's the your one going to be one of your deciding factors. All right, shooting guard position here, Vinny. We've got James Harden, Eric Bledsoe, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal, all up, the, up at the top. And then if we take a look at uh, Marcus Thornton, he's still getting 30-something-plus minutes per game and still reasonably priced at 5200 So I know that's a guy that you've been uh, recommending as of late. It still looks like a good play. Another guy mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about is Wes Matthews, who finally, for the first time this the season, uh, um, uh, re- uh, reached over uh, 30 minutes plus and um, just... Uh, calmly and coolly collectively uh, paid off nine and a half times his price tag at 4200 so i think we need to start being interested here what are your thoughts
2: i i didn't get a chance to watch that game um was it a matter of the fact that the clippers defense was just that bad because i mean he hadn't done anything remotely close to that all season Um, Obviously, I mean, we remember from last year, Wes Matthews is a guy that can put points up pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So if his price is going to stay that low and he's going to play those kind of minutes and, you know, I mean, I definitely think he's somebody who's a viable option. Um, I just don't know if I absolutely love him. I don't know how they're going to match up either in this game. If he's going to be guarding Harden, that's something I usually don't like to take guys who wind up guarding Harden because they're usually expending so much energy on the defensive end that they're, you know, they're, offensive game on the other end suffers even though Hart is not a very good defensive player Mm -hmm. but again I mean if you can get 40 points out of a guy who's you know what is he 4200 4400 maybe somewhere around there
1: yeah you're gonna have to take I think you're gonna have to have a share somewhere if you don't want to use him in your cash game fine I understand the risk too but he's just too cheap with this this sort of ceiling uh, right mm-hmm. now, and you know that the, the, the pace between that game and Dallas, I mean, that what was that final in that last game? There was a lot of scoring. Yeah, 118 to 108. So you're going to mm-hmm. see probably a, another 210 total plus in that game.
2: Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, you have guys like Thornton who's been the value option who we've kind of been recommending and riding. Mm-hmm. Who is getting to the point where at the price he's at right now, he's no longer a... Straight great, up value, play. obvious value play. Right. right. You know, like like the other guy who I would think that you might want to look at in this game as well, <clears throat> excuse me, is, um, you know, Jamal Crawford. If you're still getting Jamal Crawford at thirty five hundred on DraftKings and he's going to be playing, you know, extra minutes with, you know, guys injured like Reddick out and, you know, Chris Paul, maybe in or out. You know, if you're going to get those extra minutes out of Jamal Crawford in that situation, I think I would rather use him at the cheaper price. Um, I still like Wes Matthews as well. I think those two are the are the, the cheaper value options. Uh, Thornton being, you know, somebody who's gotten to the point where I don't know if I keep if I want to keep rolling him out there at his present price.
1: All right, fair enough. All all fair points, uh, in my opinion. All right, so um, anybody else that you can sort of, uh, you know, plant your flag with here at the shooting guard position before we move forward.
2: I mean, if I'm gonna pay up, I think I'd rather pay up for Bledsoe against Denver than Harden against Dallas, mm-hmm. um, with a little bit of a price savings that I'm getting for overall raw raw score. Though, if you can fit in Harden, Harden, you know, is basically the highest scorer at the position. Um, but honestly, I think that I'm looking at guys like like a Matthews or a, you know maybe a Jamal Crawford or something like that. I'm probably going to be saving at shooting guard today.
1: Okay, um, and the one thing I also wanted to mention too here is um, if Oladipo continues to sit uh, and is out of, of of concussion protocol on Fandle, this is still a supreme value right now at the, at, at the fifty five hundred price tag there, and paid off five and five point six on his um, off of his price of fifty five hundred against LA. Then Indiana, a higher grade defense um you know comes up with 26.9 fantasy points which is good for almost five office price tags. so definitely cash safe with a little bit of upside if old depot continues to sit so uh, something else that you may want to consider uh if you're you're looking to step down in price at the shooting guard position so um we'll keep an eye on the health of old depot and see how that becomes a deciding factor all right before we move on to the uh, small forward position, Benny. When let all the listeners know who um, listen to the Rotowire DFS podcast. Are you a member of Rotowire.com yet? If you are not, now is the time to do so. We're giving away a 10-day free trial. All you have to do is go to Rotowire.com slash pod, and we'll give you these very same projections that we are mentioning on this show. They have op- lineup optimizers for DFS, for NHL, NFL, uh, college football, NBA, um, and soccer. Uh, as well, uh, and Major League Baseball, which is not currently up, but you know, um, it, it they'll r- relaunch that as soon as the season starts back up. So you'll have D- DFS lineup optimizers all season long, and for. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight different sites, including FanDuel, DraftKings, Fantasy Aces, Draft Day, Draftster, Fantasy Score, Yahoo, and Fantasy Draft. So that is very awesome. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Rotowire.com/pod free 10-day trial, uh, lots of great free goodies, um, free draft kits as well, day-to-day projections for season-long and for DFS. Um, don't forget to check that out. Support us, which helps support this show here. Rotowire.com/pod. All right, small forward Benny, let's go ahead and rock and roll. At the small four position what do you got for saturday
2: um all right i'm gonna be honest with you guys this is another position that i'm really looking to save uh depending on how things work out in philly i've been rolling jeremy grant and he has been paying off really good value so unless he gets a huge jump in price he's literally somebody who i'm gonna have in most of my lineups i think there are a couple other guys a little bit more expensive who you got to look at too uh, if you're playing on DraftKings, that's where Fournier is at the small forward spot. So obviously, I think he's somebody that's in play. Um, the one guy who I would kind of look at paying up for here is uh, Kawhi Leonard against Philly. We know that you know Philly's pretty bad team so far this year. Leonard's the one guy on San Antonio who has safe, predictable minutes every game. Um, you know, even in blowouts, he still winds up playing a lot of time. So to me, Leonard would be the one guy I would look to spend up for. But I definitely think that you're still going to be getting really, really good value out of a guy like, you know, Jeremy Grant, who's about four thousand dollars, or even a guy like Fournier, who's, you know, fifty-five, six thousand. I think that the value at those guys at the small forward spot is so good that you kind of have to take it and, you know, spend up elsewhere and use the money somewhere else. All
1: right, that, that makes some sense for me too uh, as well. It, it is really. I'm just going to say putrid overall. If you're not using LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, you have a couple value options that you can sort of get behind. And then after that, like I'm looking through the second tier and I can't tell you a single guy in the second tier, um, you know, in our projections here that I really honestly, um, you know, can feel great about like, um, Bojan Bogdanovic went went bonkers for twenty two and nine that last game, but before that he has you know mm-hmm. like a seven point two uh, you know Fanduel point uh, yeah. uh, performance of fourteen point two and eighteen point nine. It's all very very like
2: yeah. sketch. My my biggest problem at the position here is the guys who are in like the top tier. Uh-huh. To me, they're all a little too expensive for what they give you, and then yeah. the guys in the bottom tier are all a little bit too erratic for what you know for what you can expect out of them so there's no safety in the bottom tier and in the top tier for me there's no value you know that's why there are literally like three or four names that i that i mentioned that kind of stand out to me and i'm just going to be using those guys and then moving on to other positions and you know trying to trying to spend up and get some of the guys that i like at the other spots who i think you really need
1: yeah you know what I think I might just go if I'm not going to go with you know LeBron or Kawhi Leonard I might just go uh, with my uh, designated security blanket that I always use when I just you know don't know what else to do and I and I can't make a a case for for spending like 4,500 on a guy like on Fandle for instance but he's you know this guy's been like in the 6k range what seems like forever and it's Danilo Gallinari you know, at least you mm-hmm. always know you're going to get twenty something fantasy points yeah. plus with him.
2: Yeah, he has a very safe floor that's yeah. not going to kill you.
1: Right, it's a it's a one of the better cash game plays that you can actually make. So overall, not 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 a ton of GPP ceiling overall, I and mean, he has paid off six 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 point eight x to open the season with twenty three and eight, and he is a three point bomber. But, you know, you don't get any of the double-double points, um, you know, on DraftKings from him almost ever. And, you know, and he's mostly reliant on scoring, and he is a good scorer. So that's lock cash gameplay. Um, but, you know, it's very hard to get excited <clears throat> about what he's going to bring to the table for GPPs. All right, let's go ahead and move along to the power forward position. Give me what you got, cash game GPP.
2: Honestly, I, I think that some of the pricing in this situation is pretty rough, too. A guy who I kind of like because I think he's still a little too cheap is Draymond Green. Um, Obviously, he had a monster game yesterday, and that's something that he can do. You know, he is a guy that can put up a 50 fantasy point game every once in a while if he's, you know, scoring some points and also getting all the other stats that he pretty much is known for and gets you on a regular basis. So against Brooklyn, he is somebody who I'm definitely looking at. Um, Honestly, though, like I don't really feel like I want to pay up for Blake Griffin against Detroit. I don't really love Kevin Love against um, Milwaukee. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, to me, just hasn't been the same kind of player this year. He's still a little expensive. Probably wouldn't roll him. Um, You know, there's a couple injury situations. Like, you have Jabari Parker, who went down, which opens up a couple more minutes in Milwaukee. You have Markeith Morris, who went down in that last game for Phoenix. So, There's probably going to be some kind of value that that opens up. I didn't get a chance to kind of search through and see, you know, like did, what's his name, John Law or something like that? Is he the guy that came in for him yesterday?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think, was it Layer? Yeah, I
2: mean, I have, you know, L-E-U-E-R is the way the guy spells his name for those of you that were out there. Um, He finally played over 20 minutes yesterday. I think he had about 25 minutes put up about 25 or 26 points. I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm just, you know, I remember what he did yesterday. And I know he was min price over on DraftKings. So he was one of those guys that you can get for 3,500-ish. Um, if he can put up 20-something points for you, that's going to be value. So he he would be somebody I would look at if Markeith is going to be out again. Um, but that's, honestly, that's about it. I mean, there isn't a lot that I love, you know, up at the top end here today. And there aren't a ton of punts that I know about yet. Uh, again, if a couple of these guys do happen to be out, I definitely think there is some merit to, you know, trying to figure out who else you could throw in.
1: All right, so according to BasketballReference.com, it's lure, like um, okay. So you're a lot closer than I was. I was thinking like Austin Powers, like come back to my layer.
2: Yeah, um, but it's not. Welcome back. to my underground layer.
1: Yeah, but it's lure, like or going to the loo. I need to use the bathroom. Um, all right, so. Uh, those are those are all uh fair and fine for me i i think uh, uh blake griffin is going to exact revenge on his whole temper tantrum thing where he gets two ejections and he's the top projected option um you know on rotowire and on um uh, uh you know uh, basketball monster everywhere else that you can find a projection basically fantasy labs uh so it look he looks like he's in in a very good spot and uh, ilio silva has nothing for him so this is the one case where i say all right you know Go ahead and put your chips in the middle and, and, and feel good about it. Um, so I'm, I'm in there with, with that play. Now, uh, how far down the line are you, are you going to draw um, uh, you know, your line in the sand and say, this is it for me, can't go below this?
2: Um,
1: Channing Fry if he shows up well and yeah, I mean, starts so, again a, on Saturday? I was going to say,
2: he's supposed to be getting a start, so he could probably be somebody in there. Cheap enough. You know, I mean, I don't really want to say I'm drawing the line here or there because there are certain guys who make sense to me depending on how some of the injury situation works out. You know, guys like Lure, as we talked about, you know, a guy like, uh, who are we just talking about? Who'd you just ask me about? Johnny Fry? Yeah, like a guy like Fry, if he's getting in there and getting minutes, you know, some of the uh, Houston Rockets big guys happen to sit out, like if this is the game that. You know, Dwight Howard sits out. I think you can look at a guy like a Terrence Jones or a Capella who could be, you know, picking up minutes in his stead. Are you, you saying know, Capella could be Capelling? He could be Capelling, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, okay. I definitely think he's somebody who, you know, again, I mean, it's Jeremy not a guy that's going to, to me love,
1: is, but. Is be like your best value play. Is, is is the way that I that I that I see here. Uh, in you know, guys that you're gonna c- come up for. Blake Griffin up top for me, Jeremy Grant at the bottom. If you mm-hmm. want if and is
2: she, she is he he's listed as a power forward? F- I a small forward. On Fandle he is. Oh okay, on, so, on Fandle, okay. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so I just wanted
1: to. I know we talk about DK almost all the time. I want to give some, you know, some fair comparisons.
2: You know what I'm doing?
1: I'm doing my FanDuel hallmark for Rotowire right now. Is what <laughs> is what I'm doing. Fair enough. Okay, because I got
2: a, I put out the Saturday FanDuel value plays, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I
1: should just switch over to FanDuel right now while I'm doing this show, and so yeah.
2: do my own. See, that's a, that's probably my fault that we talk more about DK because I do a lot of my writing for, for the DK draft, and that's yeah. And, yeah, and I, and I play a lot I, of DK you know, too.
1: I love stuff. I love the positional like um options that that DK affords you. I by the way just, you know, um throwing this out there. But if you love like position flexibility, you you cannot do any better than fantasy draft. By the way, it's like <laughs> any three guards you want, any three forwards or centers you want and then two utilities, just use anyone. That's yeah. like it doesn't get any simpler than that was which is why like, you know, you and I we talked about how like it's just been like crush time. You know, blow up the bankroll on on on, on fantasy draft because I love that you like it almost you can mu- almost make any lineup you want work, you, you know, with one or two tweaks um, because there's just oodles of oodles of flexibility and overlay by the way so mm-hmm. yeah uh i know that you've been enjoying playing on there so oh yeah
2: I've, I've especially the nfl i love their nfl product too their nfl product's amazing yeah
1: so um yeah so there's nice shout out to that site so it's kind of sprout the love between FanDuel, DraftKings, fantasy draft all of those sites that we like to play on. all right so we i think we've um given some good value plays um uh, overall by the way i'm still gonna stump for Lamarcus aldridge uh and um it maybe i'll be less interested if uh, New Orleans Noel plays, but uh, uh, at some point, I mean, he's for the most part, underperformed every game, except for one. Uh-huh. He has not met the tag, but he's not that far off of it either. I think what you just need is the price to slide down a little bit low, lower down into seven K range. And then for him to go 20 and 10, like we know he's capable of in some of these spots or 25, five and 10. And then, you know, you're going to have like a little bit of a buy low opportunity overall. I never think that you're probably going to be like, Oh you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, all the LaMarcus Aldridge for GPPs because it is the Spurs and they share the ball so much, mm-hmm. but at some point you're, he's going to actually turn into a value option if this if the price keeps trending the way it does and he's so far um, like loft, loft off $600 off of his price from the start of the season so just keep your tabs on that for those of you who, you know, because there's a lot of hate that everybody has in DFS from, from LaMarcus Aldridge for not being the beast he was last season, but I just think we need to temper our expectations and then figure out where you can drive the value. All right. Uh are you good with power forwards? You want to Yeah, make-
2: that's for me that's pretty much the guys I'm looking at a power forward
1: all right uh, before we move on to center i want to let you know that if you are looking at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself i would love to challenge just one of his players but not his entire team but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to do so well now you can with the all new no halftime app the no halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams for example you can put odb versus megatron you can put lebron versus Tr- um, mellow you can fit trout versus a-rod Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges are even easier. So uh, you can create challenges for NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, and the college basketball uh, format, along with other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at signup. No Halftime, where the fantasy sports season
2: never takes a break.
1: All right, Benny, we're back from our break. Let's go ahead and hit up centers before we roll on out of here. What do you got for me?
2: All right. I actually really like Andre Drummond going up against the uh, L.A. Clippers. We've talked about it before. I'm not a big fan of DeAndre Jordan's one-on-one defense, and I think that Andre Drummond's bulk, you know, I mean, size-wise, tall, you know, length, the two of them are about the same, but Andre Drummond's bulk is going to give DeAndre Jordan a lot of trouble in that game. So, I really do like Drummond up top as somebody who I'd pay up for. The other guy who I have to mention, I mean, we've been recommending him and riding him all week Jaleel Okafor. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that Nerland's Noel might be back, but, you know, his rebounds are up. So, that's something that we like. The guy is taking an absolute ton of shots, and he's making a good amount of them. And he actually has the highest usage rate at the center position of all the guys that are playing today by a pretty wide margin at uh, 28.3%. So they are giving him a lot of looks in this offense. They are running the offense through him. And I think he can give you another nice number. So he would be the, you know, Drummond would be the guy that I would pay up for. If I can't afford to, I'd pay for Okafor. If I got the money to put them both on a roster, well, that's just amazing. If I can do that, so that would be something I would be looking forward to.
1: Okay, I think G. L. 4 can still pay off the tag because he is so cheap. But the only issue I have, I think I'm just going to stay away in GPPs for the most part because the Spurs have always defended the center position well, and they're going to probably continue to do so. Uh, you know, I know it's uh, you know basically Tim Duncan out there, but yeah, he can be 45, and he's still going to play great defense, and they play great team defense. Uh, as well so i just want to make that uh s- small note there uh to your point with andre drummond by the way as your top cash game play um i'm in there with you and just uh, supporting information here uh, clippers down in the bottom 10 uh and fancy points allowed to the uh two opposing centers uh on DraftKings or FanDuel rather uh this season so um those plays all make some sense now we also know that dwight howard is either going to pick friday or saturday to sit out my guess is he actually picks friday um and by the way if you're asking well this is a saturday show josh why are you talking about friday because we record this stuff on friday to have it available ahead of you time like we've mentioned before so for those who may not know that um that's which, which is why i have to pose the question so but if he ends up sitting saturday then Clint capella becomes an option for me um but then he's otherwise not uh, a, a, an option on on a site like Fanduel. So, um, wh- how far down can we go here? Are you okay with Azelli, uh, for instance, at forty three hundred on
2: Fanduel? Uh, not excited yeah, about the minutes. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really, I haven't really looked at him much as somebody on my radar. Um, again, they're playing Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not all that good. They do play a little bit of a slower pace. You know, I think if I'm going to look at anybody, if I could get somebody like, uh, you know, you know, you got a guy like um, Nurcic that's out. You got uh, Lavernier, who's a little bit banged up. If I can find J.J. Hickson for cheap, you know, he would be another guy, whether he's power forward or center eligible, that I wouldn't mind putting in there. Um, but honestly, I'm not really a fan of basically anybody else on this list. I think you can look at, you know, Brook Lopez a little bit as a GPP player. I think he has some upside. But other than that, I don't think there's any upside for, you know, a lot of these guys up towards the top end besides the ones we already mentioned.
1: Yeah, so it looks like to me there's really only like two or three very solid options and you're better probably better off making room in your lineup for Andre Drummond um, because, you know, he's the one guy who has 40 plus point uh, upside uh, you know, uh, and it's a, it's a pretty penny, but you re- you might not be able to get twenty fancy points out of some of these centers that are on the roster. It's an ugly. That's probably the, the weakest position overall on the slate today. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. A reminder: you can subscribe to the RotoWire DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave us a review uh, if you get a chance to do so. Share it with your friends. Let us know that you enjoy the show. You can find Benny on Twitter at. Um,
2: What's going on in the background, dude? You're yeah. killing me with the fucking chips right now. <laughs> so, I was like, these guys else? got back. These guys got back from the breakout session. They're they're trying to eat and they're trying to do it quietly. But you know, it was like me last week with the Twizzler bag. <laughs> so, I was like,
1: wow, okay um say yeah, good Hey, me. give
2: me quiet give me quiet for like two minutes we're ending it up right me, go ahead
1: save me some salsa guys that's all i ask all right um yeah rotowire dfs podcast uh, available on itunes and stitcher uh leave us a review don't forget to check out benny on twitter at benny r11 and you can uh check me out on twitter at josh hayes fs thanks for listening and we'll see you next week